talk to you guys about mold and environmental illness awareness. And I got my friend on here, John Bodie. Uh, John uh, has a CEMR and CMMI, uh, is a certified indoor environmental professional and licensed by the state of Florida for mold assessment and mold remediation. He is the founder and the co-owner of Mold Pros, which is a nationwide environmental service firm specializing in assessing and treating indoor air quality issues. John attended the University of Oklahoma and had 20 plus years in the career of finance for Fortune 500 companies. He left the corporate world uh, to focus on his passion for addressing indoor air quality issues through an eco-friendly uh, products for those that suffer with environmental health concerns. John, thank you so much for being here today. Ah, thank you for having us, Dr. Rosen. Yeah, so we met, which now seems over a year ago, but really was only February, <laughs> right? So that's right. we met at a Great Plains Mold uh, Conference mastering uh, the organic acid test. And um, I felt like we, we could have talked for hours because, you know, this is in a loving, enduring way. We're both sort of nerds that like to talk about um, the biochemistry, especially as it relates to environmental toxins. That's right. Yeah. My, my wife frequently says, uh, uh, says that we get all mold nerded out. Uh, so it's just a passion for, for what we do and that you clearly exude that in our conversations. So uh, looking forward to today's yeah. talk. Yeah. And it took a while, but here we are. So, um, you know, you, you put on your bio, you have a passion for addressing, addressing indoor air quality. But from the story that you told me, that comes with a lot of the personal guests that I have on the, on the show from their own history. So why don't you tell us about why and how you got into this? If you were in Fortune 100 company industry, how did you switch face all of a sudden? What happened? Yeah, you bet. So uh, I was on the mortgage banking side working for, as you mentioned, Fortune 100 companies. And if we recall that when the mortgage bubble burst, there were a lot of foreclosed homes. And we started, our, our grand plan was to go back and acquire those foreclosed properties, which a lot of them had mold issues. That's what introduced us to mold to begin with. And then um, as the bubble burst uh, closer to the Midwest, we started buying uh, homes in uh, actually the Kansas City area. There was nobody doing Doing a bioremediation, which we felt was a far superior way to remediate mold in the Midwest. So we thought, okay, we can, we can, we can certainly do this. And then, and as we got into the mold remediation industry, we found out that traditional mold remediation really doesn't serve the needs for those that have mold health-related issues. We started uh, speaking with a couple of doctors. They contacted us, and that that began our journey. Shoot, over a decade ago. Yeah, so why don't you get into that? I'm really interested to hear how that transpired and evolved, John, in terms of you kind of get into this industry, you approached it the same way as the professional way that you did with the mortgages, and then you saw this opportunity of, hey, they're not being done correctly or there's a better way of doing it. Why don't you kind of go through the evolution of where you are now and how that happened? Yeah, sure. Uh, so 70% of this industry is sole proprietor or mom and pops. And what is really kind of frightening, at least for me anyway, is that there really aren't many rules out there. Uh, there's not a lot of regulations around um, mold inspection or mold remediation. In fact, there's only four states that actually issue licensure to become a mold professional. So, as you can imagine, if there's no regulation and it's a very decentralized industry, then you have a wide variety of uh, 
uh, assessors and remediators out there. No one's really policing this stuff. In fact, uh, a lot of your viewers, if you said tomorrow I want to become a professional in this field with, with no training whatsoever, they could be. And that's frightening. Right. So, so we took that structure from our corporate world and applied that to what we do, uh, invested in developing uh, eco-friendly products, um, tweaking our process, and we apply a standardized 22-step process for every remediation. Our inspections follow a certain process, so it's very structured. Okay, so, so as far as what was, so it was deregulated and you felt like the, the way that they were going about, like give us the ins and outs. Well, well before we do that, let's just kind of back up a little bit because I told you, hey, John, the people that listen to me are exhausted, burnt out, not handling stressors very well, crash in the middle of the day, not focusing, Maybe they have joint pains or migraine headaches. Um, they are anxious. They don't stay asleep. They don't fall asleep. And uh, they don't wake up with a lot of energy. The libido is not, I mean, it's just, it's got its hand in every cookie jar, if you will. And, right. um, and, and what we do when we work them up and we look at their, their genetic uh, susceptibilities, what's unique to them, their blueprint, um, then we look at the environmental triggers and how those impact the blueprint. Those environmental triggers are ultimately the environment that they live in. And, and you talked about that also being cooped up in the home all day, which is really apropos for what we're talking about. So, right. um, so maybe like, let's explain to those that it's not on their radar. Like I have no idea that I was exposed to mold or as we drive into the, the viral in, in component as well. Um, so coming from that uh, background in terms of, okay, I, the mortgage crisis happened. I got into these homes and saw the need for mold to be remediated. It's not regulated. Um, so as far as how, are you bringing more regulation to it? Or, um, how, take us through sort of a little more of the evolution of what you guys yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my passion is really changing the way the industry works. And uh, with that, it requires uh, really informing and educating um, our clients, uh, your patients, uh, that sort of thing. So we do uh, a lot of around uh, awareness. We, we speak with realtors. Uh, we hold conferences. We speak at conferences. Um, we have a couple of uh, certified industrial hygienists on staff. And so our passion is really to inform and equip people to understand what their options are, what should they expect. Uh, expect say in a in a typical uh, mold inspection or environmental testing um, and and part of our service strictly isn't just mold we test for other things uh, inside of environments so we are all products you and I of our environment I think it's very important as you're working to address environmental illness if we don't take a look at the environment and ascertain what's going on there we're never going to get the optimal results or outcomes that we hope to get so that's the gap that we try to fill really it's a thorough inspection and testing and education and awareness okay great so then as far as what are what's the the scale in terms of a non-thorough test to the most thorough test what how does that how does that go down? Yeah. 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 That's a great question. We get that quite a bit. So we refer to a lot of the uh, uh, quote unquote mold inspectors out there as pump jockeys. They'll come in and they'll, uh, they'll take a real quick air sample and, and that's it. 
Um, and, and that really, and there, there's some viable data with an error sample for sure, but it's only a really, it's a slice of the pie. So a good inspection, whether that's a, uh, done through the mold pros or another good quality comprehensive firm starts out, we call it the three M's. So it starts out with moisture, mold, then mycotoxins. So obviously we know that we have to have a moisture issue in order to have a mold problem. And so an inspector should begin there, starting inspecting the property from the exterior, looking for moisture penetrations, slope issues, um, flashing issues, roofing issues, things of that nature. Uh, and then doing the same thing on the inside of the home. So it starts out with moisture. Then we recommend a variety of sampling protocols. So uh, some of that uh, could be PCR testing or DNA testing for molds that get down to the species level. We think that's valuable information to have. Um, we, we do believe in surface sampling. We believe in cavity sampling. If we've had, um, say, past moisture issues inside of a wall, then uh, it's good to understand, is there mold growth or fungal growth inside of that wall cavity? And so a good inspector will be able to do that. We also believe in air sampling as well. And then we also sample for mycotoxins inside of a structure. Um, that that in addition to we can do other types of sampling like for formaldehyde, benzene and things of that nature. So it's really a comprehensive package based upon that initial inspection. It all starts with the inspection and then testing behind that. Right. And you were telling me too, when we were talking about how you've, I mean, especially as going into an industry that's unregulated and seeing the major opportunities to, uh, to come up with, I guess, a, a, a protocol or algorithm or standardization of what's needed. And then you, what I love about what you guys did was not only learn the stuff, um, but then do testing and take that to doctors um, and different labs and see the difference in the quality of the test results versus the prior tests that were being done on the, on the, on the home or the building. So maybe tell us a, a little bit about that story. Cause I think that'd be really helpful. Cause I would imagine there'd be a lot of people, well, we've already done that, John, we've already done the mold test. We crossed it off our list. It's not a problem. And, um, and but yet they keep coming back and you do a follow-up mold test and they're still positive. So maybe take us through um, how you've really distinguished yourself in what you do and, and the education you went through and the doctors you've talked to. Yeah, you bet. Uh, so, and you, and you probably um, kind of see this from your standpoint as well. Some of the, the worst data you can get back is a negative bias or, or a, a false negative. So in other words, someone has come in and they said, listen, I'm going to just have someone do some minimal sampling to understand what I have or some of the DYI auger, auger plates, which have some value, but very limited. Um, so um, basing the decision on just limited information can, can be problematic. So where we have separated ourselves is coming through understanding the moisture issue. Even if we identify all the fungal issues, but we don't identify the root cause of what has caused the, uh, the fungal issues to grow, in other words, the moisture issue, you're going to have a problem again. And so I think it really begins with that moisture uh, inspection using infrared thermal cameras, moisture meters, hygrometers, boroscopes, which are little video cameras that you put inside of a wall cavity. It's that kind of level of detail that, that really needs to occur. And then... We know as it comes to fungal mycotoxin production, 
mycotoxins are are um, species at the species level. In other words, uh, we need to understand if it's not just Aspergillus, but Aspergillus fumigatus or Aspergillus flavus, etc. So going in and doing that PCR testing in addition to Asper, uh, testing for genus levels. Um, so the genus levels that air test, which uh, captures all species or all species of Aspergillus, all species of Penicillium, all species of Cladosporum. You can, we can think of that as a broad net that's not very deep, but it's very wide. And so there's value in that. And then coming back and testing at the species level, whether it's a EMA test is a great test or an ERMI test people are very familiar with to understand the, the species level because it's the species level that will dictate mycotoxin production. And then a different, another layer to that is, okay, do we actually have mycotoxins? So just because a mold species can produce mycotoxins doesn't necessarily mean that it is producing them. So it's good information to understand if those molds are producing the mycotoxins as well. So that's the reason why we test on different levels and a good inspector will do that. Right. Okay. And then as far as the ERMI goes, if, if someone's only done the ERMI and stopped there, are there holes that they're missing or parts of their, are there blind spots? Yeah. Yeah. So the ERMI is really good data and I love, ERMI's a, a, a PCR test, right? Or DNA test. Um, so the data is good data. The challenge with an ERMI test becomes, is that legacy dust or is that really an indicator of um, existing inhalation risk? In other words, is it stuff that's been there for a long time or is it newer stuff um, that, that could be impacting me today? So I think that's good to know. The other thing is the ERMI test does not have an exterior baseline test to it. Uh, we know that we all live in these little microclimates. So um, maybe if we have 300 spores of Aspergillus fumigatus, maybe that's fine for that area. That's the normal fungal ecology of that particular area. The ERMI test doesn't differentiate between that. Um, the other thing is the scoring on the ERMI test is a little problematic because it takes group, for those that are familiar with an ERMI test, it takes group one and group two and subtracts out the totals from uh, group two from group one, and that's your score. So you can get a zero by being really, really clean, which is great, or you can get a zero by being really moldy in group two, which isn't quite so great. Um, so again, just understanding each test, uh, what each test, the strengths and weaknesses are, I think is, is critical. A good mold professional or assessor will, will understand that. Right. And, and then taking it one notch further, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, let's say a provider like myself or the people that are listening, they're sophisticated they've done testing they may have done real-time labs or they may have done mm -hmm. you know great planes um, are you then looking at their specific species to corroborate what they're being exposed to in their home based on your tests yeah so if they are you talking about if they've had a year analysis done either right. through uh, great planes or real-time yeah yes, yeah oftentimes individuals will send that over to us and right. that's that's good information to have it's another data point uh, for example, if you have trichothecenes, um, we, uh, in your, in your urine, um, then we know that, Hey, we have a stack of botrys issue and where we may not open up a wall, um, on initial inspection to find stack of botrys, uh, 
Uh, if we know that there's already a risk for that and we see some water damage, we may go ahead and make the decision with the homeowner's approval, of course, to open up that wall and do a test, intracavity test inside of that. So it, it's a good data point to have. Gotcha. So it helps you decide how, um, I guess, aggressive, but how, how, how you're going to go about your, your search, basically. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Another thing to do um, is to actually do the same test that, that, that you perform on the person uh, that, that your analysis uh, for mycotoxins, we can perform that same test for the environment. So another thing we can do is actually run the myco test on the environment prior to uh, actually doing the physical um, inspection of the home. If we come back, say, for example, with trichothecenes again, then that, that's another indicator, hey, we may need to go ahead and start intracavity uh, samples right up front the first time, as opposed to doing it on a second trip. Gotcha. Okay, so just to summarize, let's say I'm, you know, I'm concerned. I, now, again, back to what I, what I talk about, I have this crazy chart behind me. Um, and so basically, we look at um, the genetic potentials. So someone does a DNA test and you see that they may have challenges with um, their, their overproduction of mast cells um, or they're not putting the brakes on the, the production of mast cells, which create histamine reactions. And then histamines, if they're not cleared out effectively, can feed forward and cause that whole domino effect just being a vicious cycle. And, and as a result, those mast cells will slow down the clearance of the histamines, again, thereby creating that massive um, vicious cycle. And then from where I come in, it impacts the hypothalamus, which will impact the pituitary, which cause the adrenals and cortisol and just create a huge domino effect. So let's say someone's dealing with a major problem um, and, and we do a test and we figure out that they have mold um, and it's either in their workspace, which they can't necessarily control, um, or it's in their home, which they can. Um, first and foremost, what would be some of the things that you would tell them to look for if they weren't working with you directly or questions to ask the person who just went ahead and decided they wanted to be a mold professional and open up sort of a, a shabby type of inspection uh, business? What would yeah. they ask? Yeah. So I'll add one other thing. You mentioned the home and the work. Uh, also the vehicle. We spend an inordinate amount of times in cars, and that's that's another area where we will uh, test for folks that have mold health related issues. Uh, so you just to add another. Oklahoma. If you're from Oklahoma, you say V with the pronunciation on the H, right? The the yeah, vehicle. That's right. The vehicle. That's right. Okay. All right. So <laughs> the vehicle too. So okay. So yeah, that's that's true. I mean, certainly. And you said to me earlier, just to digress, um, you said a lot of people just assume it's not mold if they don't see it. Right. If they don't. Yeah. The, and, and so anyway, so I've asked a couple questions in there. So what would they ask the, the person just to make sure they're making the right decision as to they're going to do a quality job and, and how come they would have mold in a place that they don't visually see? You bet. So the first thing, if I were interviewing an inspector today, uh, there's a couple of questions that I would ask. I think that's uh, that's the question that yeah, we have right. the first question. Yeah. So uh, one is is do they understand mold illness? Um, you know, are there, are there healthcare providers they work with today that would recommend their services? That's pretty telling uh, right there. Uh, the other thing is, do they understand mycotoxins? How do they test for mycotoxins? Do they offer a treatment for mycotoxins? There are a lot of inspectors out there that don't even know what a mycotoxin is. 
Um, I think the, the, that that's critical. I and would ask. Explain, I'm sorry, that's a great point. And I was going to ask you that earlier and sorry to interrupt you. Can you explain the difference for the listeners between mold and mycotoxin? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, obviously uh, molds are, are fungi um, and um, molds need uh, three things to live. You know, it's uh, complex carbon compounds, they need oxygen and they need moisture. The moisture depends on the type of mold that it is, the species. Uh, a mycotoxin is a secondary metabolite produced by fungi. So it's a non-living chemical in essence that's produced by about 300 species of molds. Um, most people are familiar with Stachybotrys chartrum, which produces trichothecenes, uh, but, but there's a lot of other ones that, that produce that as well. So uh, it's important to test not only if, if you have a mold health weight issue or suspect that you do, it's good to be able to test for both gotcha. uh, so fungi not, right. and, and, and the mycotoxins. And the my, okay, so not, I mean, I, I explain this to people that have um, a gluten sensitivity, but they don't have celiac. I say, hey, all celiacs are gluten sensitive, but not all gluten sensitives are celiac. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so you could kind of say the same thing as, all, all mycotoxins are from molds, but not all molds produce mycotoxins. Is that, is that a correct statement? Yeah, correct. Correct. That, that, that's, that's a great, great way to looking at it. Right. So if an if a, if a inspector doesn't know the difference between mycotoxins and molds, and they're just testing for molds, and they're, they're not giving you a full picture if that mycotoxin is present, which is really what's creating a lot of what I just talked about from the whole biological, biochemical, exhausted, burnt out state. So, so sorry to interrupt you. So now going back to you would ask the great, great questions. You would ask the inspector if they um, have a good rep, you know, if they have doctors that they work with, if they know the difference between mycotoxins and molds and test for that. And then remit, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, take it from there kind of thing. Yeah. So to, to, to continue on the inspection would be, hey, what type of test are you able to perform? So are they just taking air samples, which is a very limited view? Uh, do they take surface samples, intracavity samples? Do they take um, um, PCR samples or DNA samples as well? So just really understanding, making sure that they have a quiver full of arrows that can accurately diagnose your structure. Because again, the worst thing is a negative bias or a, uh, a false a false negative in the report. Because then you're going to, you're going to go down a path uh, with assumptions that are are not accurate, and so that's that's not good for anybody. So I'd understand that. And then, what equipment are they going to use to assess the moisture? If they just come in and take air samples and they don't assess the moisture, I would I would show them the door really quickly. Um, because they have to get to the root of what's caused it, or you're going to see a remediator back, you know, within perhaps weeks or months or years. Got you. So what are they doing? Actually, that's the difference. You call them a pump jockey versus air. Is that the difference between? Yeah. 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 We take, uh, so it's, um, uh, you take a sample with it, with an air pump, uh, that, that, that it's an air induction pump that pulls in so much air on a lab slide. And so that tells you, it gives you good indication of inhalation risk, which is, which is a good thing to understand. But if that's all they do, since molds go through sporulation cycles, just like flowers go through blooming cycles, if you only um, test what's in the air at that particular moment in time, you may be missing out on fungal growth that's on the surface or uh, that you would pick up on, on uh, DNA or PCR testing 
as well. So it's a combination of, and I'm sure with you and your practice, you don't run just one test. It's a combination of tests, which gives us the best insight to what's going on. A good, a good IEP and uh, indoor environmental professional is the same way. Right. So, so it's almost like taking a biopsy, right? I mean, you're take, you're actually going in there versus taking the air sample. You're going in and scrubbing or what are you actually physically doing to take a, yeah. So an air sample is taken with uh, air induction. It's, it's a pump that pulls air through a media uh, sampling right. device. Right. And then uh, a physical sample is either a tape or a swab for, or could be a bulk sample where we actually remove a piece of sheet rock or do a swab uh, sample or a tape lift sample off of that sheet rock. Um, we have special equipment which will allow us to drill a small hole inside of a drywall and sample the air that's inside of there as well. Um, so, um, those are, those are ways of doing that type of sampling. There's also, if you're going to do an ERMI or PCR type sample, we, we really, uh, think that the HVAC filters are a great place to sample for that because one, the filters should be, you know, in there for about 30 to 90 days. And so it tells us more so what current inhalation risk is, as opposed to what's been there for the last two years, maybe, um, and then uh, also gives us, like I said, a good, good indication of ventilation risk. So we'll sample our ERMI or PCR EMA test, whatever, from the uh, uh, air filter. Got you. Okay. And then that gets into the remediation side, because I, I would imagine not all remediations are created equal, right? So as far as, let's say they've done their due diligence, they're with a reputable uh, company, they're doing, uh, you're asking the questions, they're answering them correctly, uh, and they found them and they correlated them to the actual lab results. Um, which is always great. I, I agree with you, John. I hate false negatives. Uh, and I will sometimes, I'm never happy to see things on tests that indicate problems, but I, I'm, no, I'm happy now because I know we can do something about it. We can sink right. our teeth into there. So let's go through, and this is again why I think we nerded out when we talked to each other is because it wasn't enough for you to be passionate about this, but come up with sort of a better mousetrap in terms of what you do to remediate it or get, when we say remediate it, like clean it up and, and, and get it back to better quality living and, and removing that environmental trigger that's causing those genetic loaded guns to go off. So t tell me about what, what the difference between um, good remediation and not so good remediation involves and entails. You bet. Uh, so our approach is, uh, again, um, it boils back to all mold remediation is simply it's removal, uh, whether we're going to remove it from removing building materials that cannot be salvaged or treated effectively. So you have to remove that. It could be removal uh, from a filtration standpoint. And so, um, and we use a special type of filtration that, that gets much finer than HEPA uh, in our remediations. And that's a key difference in a TMP or the mold pros type of remediation. Uh, or uh, we can, the third type of removal is going to be through uh, enzymes, which we have a proprietary product that we use, which is enzyme and botanical based. And how enzymes work, many of you are, are probably familiar with, with uh, enzymes as cleaners. They act as a catalyst to break down the amino acids. So essentially, it rapidly biodegrades uh, those proteins that all living um, uh, things have, uh, UI, fungi, et cetera. And so uh, we use uh, enzymes to break those molds down. So it's, a, it's kind of a three-step process uh, into an effective remediation. But it's all about mold removal 
in one form or fashion or, or another. So the three steps again are to, you would remove the, the structure that can't be remediated, right? Is that what you're saying? Right. Then That's you would, right. You would do a really high grade filter to, um, with that, obviously like a screen would filter those mycotoxins out of the air. And once you've removed the source, then they're no longer producing those mycotoxins. And then the enzymes that go in there and treat that, correct? Is that a three step? Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. And so to get, to get even a little more technical, um, when we treat enzymatically, we treat two ways. And so we'll go through, and the first is called an enzymatic air wash. We will, and there's other, when we started this out over a decade ago, nobody was doing atomizations or foggings. Uh, and very few companies were using enzymes. Uh, we were kind of a, 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 one of the trailblazers, not the first, but one of the first early adopters of enzymes. And uh, so we go through and we do an enzymatic air wash and that takes all that airborne particulate matter and drops it, weighs it down. And then we use an advanced type of filtration that is much tighter than HEPA to go through and we filter that out. So uh, that's the first step of, of, of a lot of what we do. Um, and then we come back through and you have to surface treat. Molds are not only in the air or the spores, they come from a surface, surface growth. And so we go through and we wipe down ceilings, walls, all horizontal surfaces, uh, et cetera, making sure that we address with our uh, enzyme and botanical-based product, which is actually listed on the EPA Safer Choice program. Uh, so we're really uh, happy with that. But uh, we use that eco-friendly product to to treat the surfaces where mold growth will occur. So we've we've addressed kind of the root source, the surface. We've addressed it from an from a uh, aerosolized or airborne issue as well. And then we always treat the HVAC system because. Uh, that's a great place for certain molds such as aspergillus or penicillium or cladosporium, et cetera, to thrive is in the ductwork. And so we always treat that as well. Right. Okay. And then as far as like a follow-up, are you doing like a follow-up pre and post analysis to show what the person had initially and what it's, what it's out, out producing now or outgassing now? Yeah, yeah. So we'll 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 actually hire a, a independent third party to come in and do what's known as a, uh, a post remediation validation or PRV for short. So they'll come in, someone who is not affiliated with the mold pros, uh, but they'll use an industry uh, accepted uh, testing practice. Come in, sample, um, ensuring that we're at what's known as a normal fungal ecology. In other words. The goal is never to get to zero spores. That, that'd be a hospital clean room, and that's not realistic uh, for, for most uh, environments. But uh, to get it towards a normal fungal ecology and uh, a good company such as the Mold Pros will guarantee their work. And if we ever come back elevated, we come back and retreat again on our dime. That's another thing that I think every consumer should look for. Yeah, for sure. So as far as... Um, tell us a little bit of some of your, um, like, I, I'm interested not, you know, I'm interested more into hearing about the, the impact it's having on people, because I'm sure that's what you get a lot of the, if not most of the satisfaction from, like, you see people that are really hurting with their health, um, you come in there, you do a, a quality clean and remediation, um, are you seeing the people after and seeing the impact of, of what you've done in their homes? Yeah, and that's kind of what makes it all worthwhile, right? It, it's the impact that you can have on, on people. And um, we, we have some great 
um, testimonials for folks that have sent in on our website. If I'm ever having a down day, I'll go to my website and I'll, I'll take a look if you ever have a, a tough case here or there. And then uh, I'll go to the website and I'll read some of those testimonials because as you know, um, it can be impactful, certainly a lot more impactful to people's lives than what, uh, what I initially imagined 10 years ago. But to be able to make an impact, um, and, and it's not just for the person, it's their family. That's the biggest thing that I think we've, we've come to understand is that when you have someone that's dealing with mold illness, it's not just them. And it's not just health. It, it impacts them financially, emotionally. It's the family, it's the spouses, it's the kids. And so that's what makes it all gratifying. I know you, you get the same joy from the work that you do on your side of the equation. Yeah, I mean, we, it was like, I remember we talked saying you got to come check out our home and it never, we never got, and like, I, I'm, I'm interested in doing that because um, I definitely, like, here's the thing that people don't realize where um, you can have a child, I have, my twins are going to be 18 soon, um, and you could have uh, broken links in the chain, John, in terms of their outward symptoms that you're not piecing with that environmental illness component where that person may be defiant or they may be rude or they may not focus in school or they may make bad decisions or, or just, you, and you know, their blood tests are normal. Their doctors are telling them that there's nothing wrong. And ultimately the, the, the perfect storm is really brewing in terms of that genetic environmental load on their body has caused that cup to overflow and is causing the the perfect storm of symptoms and, and problems. So um, yes, it, it, it is very profound. That actually we talked about um, doing a I'm doing I'm speaking for Dr. Bob Miller's uh, conference in Denver in September. Hopefully, knock on wood, if nothing is canceled. And I'm talking about the relationship between mold and adrenal problems or HPA axis problems and by golly, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a Pandora's box of how problematic mycotoxins and molds are um, on the human body, really. And it's, 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 it's everywhere. I mean, as far as, so let's see, to mention financial. So, I, I mean, I would imagine people are wondering, okay, that all sounds great, but what kind of investments on average could they be looking at? Yeah. Are, are you referring to inspection or remediation or, or both? Well, would you, I mean, would people just hire you for remediation and not inspection or would they hire you for inspection and not remediation? How would that work? Yeah. So we, we get both um, to be, to be real candid. Uh, oftentimes we're not the first company to uh, be on the scene. Uh, we get some tough cases where there've been two or three remediations and we finally come in and, and properly diagnose the situation and, and we'll treat. Uh, we're happy to serve on either side of that equation. If you want us to inspect or your, your patients or clients are, we're happy to do that and we'll do a great job. If you want us to remediate, we can do that as well. In certain States we can do, we do both. Uh, although, we'll never do our own uh, checks and balances from a post-test. We'll always have that outsourced uh, to a third party. Um, so hopefully, I don't know if that answers the question, no, but around, is, around yeah, cost. Yeah, cost, yeah, invest, investments, yeah. right? Because I don't like yeah. the word cost, right? Because the cost is their crappy health, right? I mean, the cost right. is their family and, and not enjoying engaging in life. So it's it's never a cost. It's, it's you know, what's what's the investment for them to get better, you know, in this? 
Yeah, yeah. So our standard inspection, uh, we'll start there. Um, and the amount of samples that get taken really are dependent upon what's found during the inspection. And I'll give you some examples. Uh, one air sample uh, will take in about a thousand square feet and no more. And so if you have a 4,000 square foot house or, you know, a basement or a two-story home, the, the protocol is to take one sample for every thousand square feet uh, of open space and then also one on each floor. And so if you have a 1500 square foot main floor, 1500 on the second floor and you have a basement, you know, so then you're looking at 4,500 square feet. That's actually at a minimum two air samples per uh, floor. And then if, if the inspector finds suspected microbial growth, in other words, we see something that looks like mold, then they should take a surface sample. So our, our, our price for that, we start out with uh, $895 is an inspection. That includes a moisture inspection, exterior to interior, foundation, uh, whether it's crawl space, basement, all the way to the attic. So, uh, and our inspections usually last two or three hours. They're not quick uh, because we want to be thorough. And then that includes two direct microscopic exam uh, samples on the inside. So it'll cover about 2,000 square feet ballpark. An exterior baseline, so we understand what the normal fungal ecology is for that climate, that area. And then uh, we also do a panel of 10. It's a PCR panel, so it's DNA testing, similar to the ERMI. 10 toxigenic fungal species, and we do a panel of 15 mycotoxins for 895. Any additional test, um, direct microscopic exams are $75. That's our price for that. Uh, VOC testing, I know that at the Great Plains Lab, the uh, laboratory conference, they talked a lot about other toxins besides fungal toxins, uh, formaldehydes, benzenes, et cetera. We can come in and we perform um, uh, VOC testing, and, and that's, that'll cover about 2,000 square feet, and that test is about $500 uh, to be taken. So a little, a little bit more expensive, but certainly really good data, especially with all the laminated flooring or engineered wood that we have, new sofas, that kind of thing. So that can, that's good data to have as well. Especially too, John, if they've done the toxic toxic panel and they're they're really high on those. So then, as you know, that's what I would do if I'm working with someone. I, I wouldn't necessarily. And we did that test, um, and they were negative or they weren't high. Then I could talk to you and say, hey, I'd I'd rather you just focus on the mycotoxins versus the VOCs and stuff. But if they were positive that way too, go go ahead and run that. And that's, that's a great point. So our approach is always to work collaboratively, whether it's worth with our clients, whether it's worth a client's general contractor, or if it's with a client's healthcare provider. Uh, oftentimes our clients will sign off saying, please send Dr. Rosen my, my results. And then we can understand, okay, here's what we're seeing. Give you that data and you can say, ah, this makes sense. Then let's take a look at that. So if we have that information, then we can go back and say, okay, we need to test for formaldehydes inside of a structure. It's that kind of collaborative approach that, one, I think separates us from some of the other inspection firms that's out there, but also provides the best outcome for the patient. Yeah, and then as far as the remediation side, how does that work in terms of investment for that? Yeah, so it can really depend upon the scope. So with a good inspection, whether it's a TMP inspection or, or anything else, then what that inspection does, an inspection dollars – are really pennies on the dollar. Um, 
So once you understand the scope, what are the contamination levels? Where's the contamination at? What needs to be done to remove the contamination? Is it a matter of removing drywall or is it a matter of surface treating or treating HVAC systems or ductwork? So once you have that, then, then um, you can really build a proper, what we call a right size scope. So we don't ever want to over treat or under treat, but uh, having that information is really critical. And that can be anywhere from say two to $4 a square foot on a treatment. Uh, and it can be if there's mycotoxins. So we always address fungally first because uh, that's what produces the mycotoxins. And then if you have a mycotoxin, it's usually about a dollar, dollar fifty a square foot um, to be added to that. <laughs> Excuse gotcha. me. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And then as far as um, we talked earlier too, well, two things um, is – uh, you do have that um, enzymatic cleaner that you, you and I both agree that it's not enough to cross the, I got my mold taken care of in my house. I got some enzymatic um, uh, solution. Um, but tell us the utility of that for someone that would want potentially an eco-friendly solution to kill things. Yeah, uh, so a lot of our industry is uh, remediators will come in and they'll use more toxins to address a potentially toxic situation. And that certainly makes no sense whatsoever to me anyway. And so we have uh, a more eco-friendly approach. Uh, as I mentioned, it's uh, our surface guard product, which we're really excited. We had uh, clinical, uh, clinical laboratory testing um, performed, which shows the product is efficacious in treating aflatoxins, Ocrotoxins, gliotoxins, and trichothecenes as well. Uh, so we're very excited about that. So the reason why we make this product available to our healthcare providers and your your patients can get it directly from you is, say for example, you have a remediation, but you go out and you you have a, a treasured find at an antique store. You don't want to cross contaminate by bringing that, uh, uh, that item back into your home, especially once you've had it treated. So then you can take it to the garage, you can surface treat it and be absolutely fine. It's only a portion of what we do. As I mentioned earlier, you know, that's a good remediation is filtration. It's going to be atomization and surface treatment. So, uh, what we've done is we've made, uh, our product available to our healthcare providers for their patients for those surface treatments, the one-off touch-ups, if you will. No, that's awesome. I mean, I would even go as far as just thinking as you were saying that if I was sick and not doing well, and, and, and a lot of the people in the family were, and that's the other thing too, where when I have people that I work with, John, that the husband, the wife, the kids, they're all sick, then I'm thinking environmentally. But at the same time, there's no reason why just one person can be sick because it tugs on their weak links and, mm -hmm. and other people don't in the family don't have the same compromise or genetic susceptibilities. And where one, some, some, you know, two or three people do fine, um, not fine, but not, you know, breaking the plane, if you will, of that iceberg effect where the other person just falls apart and they're more susceptible. Um, what I was thinking is, if I were to invest in a lot of um, doctor visits and testing um, or getting my home remediated, I would tell them to get their home remediated because that's where they live and that's where they spend their time. And that's the, the bigger bang for the buck where that, you know, I, I can do all these genetic tests on you and I can do all these, you know, great protocols. But if you're going back to that toxic environment every single day, 
um, I, it's not a, it's not going to fix it until you fix the home that you're in. Yeah, uh, that's that's very well said. Um, we are all products of our environment, and you're facing headwinds trying to treat. You're you're essentially trying to you know put a bandaid on something until uh, until they go back and address the environment. That's that they're they're never going to get to where they need to be uh, typically. So yeah. 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 Okay. And so if you have more time too, we can talk a little bit. You talked recently as we record this, we're going through COVID-19. Um, we're going through the challenges of, uh, of a pandemic. And um, you have told me that you don't just do environmental testing um, for environmental illness with molds and mycotoxins, but tell us a little bit about the COVID-19 testing that you're doing. Yeah, you bet. So, um, you know, I think, again, one of the things that separate us is that we are true environmental services. We have uh, a couple of certified industrial hygienists on staff. So it's it's really understanding the environment. Uh, as of a little less than two weeks ago, environmental testing for the coronavirus came out. And that test, it's, it's a PCR test, uh, the same as the uh, uh, ERMI or the or the EMA test are all PCR and what we do is we do a surface sample and we, really where you want to sample is high touch areas uh, for example doorknobs or faucets or uh, desktops uh, uh, chair arms that kind of thing and so we can turn around and we can sample that we send it FedEx off to the lab uh, for analysis and it comes back as a qualitative uh, result so it's kind of a pass fail uh, positive or negative, and then uh, we'll get that result back. Um, as we understand coronavirus and, and COVID-19 uh, today, it'll um, uh, aerosolize and stay in the air for a certain length of time, and then it'll turn around. Um, sorry about that. And then it'll turn around and stay on surfaces for a longer periods of time. And so it's important to go back and address those uh, that surface contamination. We can, with a positive output, uh, or an outcome from the uh, from the labs, then we have a botanical-based treatment with an EPA-registered disinfectant, no chlorine, no toxins, uh, not, no harmful chemicals. We come back and we can perform a sanitization of that area. Yeah, I think that's key in terms of the remediation approach with a a biodegradable bio or you know eco-friendly, not toxic. Um, enzymatic impact where it kills naturally and removes. So are you, bu are you busy in that area, John? Are you doing a lot of testing on that? Yeah, we, uh, we're, we stay hopping. Uh, that, that's, that's for sure. So as, as it shifts, uh, perhaps a little bit away from fungal contaminations right now, folks are, are putting, uh, some folks are putting things on hold uh, until we get through some of this uh, stay at home uh, type situation. But then the other side of that, the viral side kind of picks up. So we, we stay busy, um, you know, 365 days a year, just about. Yeah, I mean, there's no recession in environmental illness, right, unfortunately. Um, I would even say, as you mentioned earlier, I wrote it down, cooped up in the house all day. That would be even more of an important reason to do some mycotoxin testing because you're there even more now, right? 
Yeah, you know, that's funny you should mention that because that is, uh, we're getting a lot of people who, hey, we, we have busy lives. We're at work the majority of the day, et cetera, and we don't spend as much time at home as what we'd all probably like. Uh, maybe at this point, we spend more, home, more time at home than what we would like. But uh, so now we're seeing things that we didn't see before. And uh, one of the, the classic telltale signs, and you probably see this with your patients, is that, hey, I feel fine when I'm at work or when I go on vacation. I go back to the home. I don't feel so good. I'm tired. I'm lethargic, da, 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 da. And so now we've been at home for weeks and we're seeing a lot more of that. Um, so that's it, that, that has uh, certainly picked up that side of the business from that standpoint, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was just thinking, I, I work with clients all over the world, which is really interesting, you know, at New Zealand and, and all over Europe and, and North America. So, um, as far as if I'm listening to this and I think I have mold problems, uh, are you, your reach is North America or U.S. Uh, tell us a little bit about how far you guys go out. Yep. So we have locations throughout the United States uh, for inspection and remediation services. We do. We do a lot of big box companies, uh, some names that you know, and so we have crews that our offices are more regional offices, and so we'll handle not just a city or state, we'll handle an area, and so that's part of that. Another thing, uh, another portion of our business that we didn't really talk about too much, of course, we do inspections, we do treatments or remediations, we also do consultation. And I mentioned we have the certified industrial hygienist, so if you're in an area, although I'd, I'd love to be in Europe right now, maybe once this uh, pandemic uh, pushes through, we'll be there uh, hopefully in July. But, um, you know, we can certainly do uh, the consultant, uh, consulting side of that. So we can, we can if, if there's a local assessor, we can help go through, recommend sampling protocols. We can help with remediation protocols. So um, we're here to be a resource. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So basically it's kind of like coaching, coaching them on how to, use a professional or themselves even to, to test? That's right. So we'll actually, uh, there, there, there are some, some folks that say, listen, we, uh, we feel comfortable. We can do this ourselves. And we'll say, okay, that's, uh, we're, we're here to help. And so we have a consulting fee that, uh, that we charge. We'll hook you up with one of our certified industrial hygienists or one of our project managers. And they'll walk you through, you know, from a PPE standpoint, what kind of protection you should wear, um, if uh, with today's technology, we'll do a lot of video or FaceTime chats. We can do that as well and, and understand what's going on in the structure. So uh, we can perform those services too. Okay, awesome. So what I want to do is I want to give the listener your contact information, but I'm going to twist your arm here. Is there any special deals that you can give them like at a, an assessment or a, a special adrenal ninja kind of, uh, I heard from you kind of thing that you'd be willing to offer the listener to, you know, get, you know, some more information about this. Yeah, you bet. So if, if you want to have on the spot there, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's, uh, that's absolutely fine. We're happy to do that. So uh, if, if they mentioned this podcast that they heard on this podcast, uh, we will provide $50 off any inspection services. Awesome. Okay. That's great. Uh, just, yeah. just mentioned Dr. Rosen of this podcast and, uh, uh, to the inspector and we'll get that taken care of for you. And How's you that? Also, that's great. And you also, I mean, you, you provide, I know when you gave me your card, you provide your cell phone. So you're always accessible, which I think is great because not everyone does that. But as far as like, 
you know, the call doesn't necessarily mean the investment. The call also means like we consult with people and give you the best idea as to what your next step would be. I would imagine that's what you guys are doing, correct? Yeah, so we're, we're happy to speak with it. We're, we're here to be a resource. Um, and so we're happy to speak. And we, we spend all day long on the phone talking with, with folks. And, uh, and, that, and we're blessed to be able to do that. Uh, we'll also, if, if we want to take that further and, and set up like an hour engagement to look at labs, look at this or that, we're happy to do that. And that, that's a, that's a fee-based type of situation right. that we have. But it's certainly pennies on the dollar. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're here to help all of our um, inspectors, all of our project managers, our numbers uh, will forward telephone. So we, uh, we're accessible, uh, not 24 seven, thank goodness, but uh, we're, we're easy to be found. That's for sure. No, that's awesome. I, I'm really excited that we did this call because I think it's going to be valuable for people to know, like, like first put it on their radar and then second, like how to go about um, the process of talking to someone intelligently um, and then, you know, then going forward and getting it removed uh, accurately and, um, and systematically and then improving their quality of their air and, um, and getting their life back. So um, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. So how can they go about reaching out to you and finding out more about you and your company? You bet. So uh, the website's a great place to start. It's uh, www.themoldpros.com, T-H-E-M-O-L-D-P-R-O-S.com. Um, email is info, I-N-F-O, at themoldpros.com. And our toll-free number is 855-595-6653. And that's mold. Uh, oh, that's pretty awesome. easy. Pretty easy to remember. Awesome. And then as far as how do you go about looking in their vehicle? Yeah. So the same, same, same thing that we do with a home, we take a high, uh, high lumen flashlight and um, we go through and we'll inspect, we'll take samples inside of that. It's amazing how much uh, aspergillus growth that we'll find, especially you and I are in South Florida. Um, you know, people forget to roll up the windows, they get some rain in there, and those, uh, uh, those types of fungi can grow rather rapidly. So, yeah, you do, it's old-fashioned inspection. It's the same thing as a home, just very, a lot smaller. Would that be one of those things to shortcut and be able to use the enzymatic solution that you have, or would that make a difference? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Our remediation process is the same, whether it's uh, uh, in a structure or in, in a vehicle. So we go through, it's the same thing. We atomize, we use advanced filtration that goes down to 0.1 microns, and then uh, we go through and we surface treat. It's the exact same process. Gotcha. So just putting it on there is not going to atomize and filtrate. It, it may kill some of the spores, but not get the whole job done. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. So what we want to do is uh, filtration helps remove the settled spores that have landed there. Uh, and also if you have actual uh, mycelial or hyphal growth, you want to use the vacuum to, to pull that off. That way you can put more product onto the substrate of the surface where that fungi was growing. So you kind of want to clean it up a little bit, right? Remove all the particulate matter as much as possible before you treat. So again, it's the same, it's the same process. And you finding that to be highly positive coming back when you're testing those? I would say probably about 60% of the vehicles that we test for those that are chronically ill come right. back with elevations of either uh, fungal elevations or mycotoxin elevations inside the car. Wow. 
Wow, awesome, John. Well, listen, I appreciate you being here today. Um, they got the access to how to get in contact with you. I'll have the show notes underneath here to go through and paraphrase what we talked about. And listen, I appreciate you know what you're doing out there and the time you gave me today to be here to help people get more information on recovering from their exhausted or burned out problem. It's been an honor and my pleasure. Uh, be safe and be healthy and happy. Yep, you too. And you be healthy and happy as well. All right, thank you. Okay, thanks. Thanks for tuning into today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested to see if you're a good fit to work with our Adrenal Awakening program, here's what to do next. Head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply and book an appointment to speak to our team. Here's how it works. We'll get on the phone for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, where exactly do you want to be with your health and where are you now? Number two, what are the genetic components that haven't been discovered that are impacting your health? And number three, what are the environmental triggers that may be overlapping with these genetic components keeping you from getting optimal health? Remember, getting your energy back just won't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make that happen. We've helped clients all over the world transform their lives, quadruple their energy, and fix their metabolism, and make the world a better place. To see if you can do the same thing, head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply. I'm Dr. Richard Joel Rosen, and we'll talk to you soon.